I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning as we are in the preview section of the Nuggets-Lakers game tonight. If you don't have tickets to get down to Pepsi Center and there are still some available, you might want to get down there because I think there are going to be some fireworks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nuggets are debuting their black skyline rainbow uniforms Uh, on the court tomorrow, or today, actually, it's my birthday, uh, December 3rd. I was born December 3rd, 1996. I turned 23 today. It's been a wonderful time. Had a great time with my girlfriend over this past Thanksgiving weekend, Uh, but fresh and ready to go back to basketball now. It's been awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back into this Nuggets discussion. On today's episode, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is the topic. Nikola Jokic is the focus of everything that will be talked about in today's podcast. He had a really rough weekend against the Sacramento Kings. He went 3 of 11 from the field, scored a bare minimum points, wasn't very involved, clearly visually did not look very engaged in that game. And I got a lot of hate on Twitter for coming to his defense, saying that he doesn't need to bring it every single night, especially in the month of November. And I I don't think a lot of people like that. I don't think a lot of people really appreciated that, that, hey, this is your superstar. This is the guy that you paid a max contract to. Wouldn't you like him to be involved in every single game, every single night? You want him to be a superstar. And yeah, I think in a perfect world, in a perfect, uh, in a perfect setting, Nikola Jokic, you'd want him to be a superstar from the jump, from from game one. Thought it was a pretty interesting omen in game one this year that Nikola Jokic picked up three fouls in the first what four minutes of the game against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, sat out the entire first half, then dominated the second half and mostly the fourth quarter. Seemed a lot like load management then, and I think a lot of that has come to terms over the course of this month of November. He doesn't look great. His per-game numbers are down in the month of November, averaging 15.8 points, 10 rebounds, 5.8 assists on 51% true shooting. I use true shooting because it's an all-encompassing efficiency metric factoring in the value of three-pointers and free throws and how they add to an offense. Well, the fact is is that Nikola Jokic's numbers across the board are down, and I think Nuggets fans really notice that. Nuggets fans know how involved he is on every single play, on every single offensive set, 
it's very evident that he isn't engaged in what they're doing right now. And a lot, there are a lot of justifications to that, but let's continue to talk about some of the things that, that he's doing poorly this season because I think it's it's pretty clearly that his he has had a bad start to the season. I don't think anybody would argue otherwise. I certainly wouldn't argue otherwise. I just have a different perspective on it that it doesn't really matter at this point because the Nuggets are still winning games and he is conserving his energy. But be that as it may. Uh, more than anything that has been gone for Jokic so far has been his focus and his killer instinct. Most superstars, especially in today's NBA, are renowned for their ability to put away a game, for their ability to dominate throughout. LeBron and Anthony Davis are coming to town today. They're dominating. Giannis continues to dominate. Harden continues to kill it. He averaged 47 points per game last week. Didn't get the Player of the Week nomination, though. That went to Carmelo Anthony for his uh, for his 22 points per game. So, interesting. Um, Luka's becoming an MVP fa- favorite uh, candidate based off of how he has elevated the Dallas Mavericks on a consistent basis. So, to me, it's pretty clear that Jokic is, is not in that caliber of, of MVP candidate right now because he's load managing. A lot of people will say it's a weight issue. I disagree with that completely. A lot of people will say it's a focus issue. That might be some of it, but I don't necessarily think it's a a major focus issue because he's been focused pretty well on the defensive end. I think there are several indicators that can tell us that it has been a load management issue. It has been more of an effort thing as opposed to a... I can't do it kind of thing because he's clearly showed that he's proved it in the past. He can do these things. Free throws are down for Jokic. Jokic shot 26 free throws in the month of November. That is the lowest such total of a full month of his career. So not counting months like October where you play five games or April where you play six He's only shot 26 free throws in November. That's the lowest such total of a full month of his career since February of 2016, which was his rookie season. Even for a guy who gets a rough whistle, who gets a, a, he doesn't get as many calls as other superstars in the NBA, you still have to get to the rim. You still have to put in effort. You still have to try to get to the free throw line and, and create some contact. Unfortunately, his attempts at the rim are also down. Uh, For his career, he averages about 31% of his field goal attempts are coming at the rim. Uh, This year, that's down to 21%. So a 10% drop there is pretty notable for a guy like that. For for a team like Denver that didn't have any uh, position changes or personnel changes, especially with this starting lineup that has a lot of continuity and familiarity with each other, it should be pretty evident that Jokic is only taking 21% of his field goal attempts at the rim. He's settling a lot in the mid-range. He is taking more threes and making far less of them than he was before. That's a problem. Um, And again, his play type statistics are also a pretty strong indicator of that. Things that he gets to right around the rim most of the time are his post-ups and his uh, offensive rebounding putbacks per game. He's averaging 3.6 post-ups this season compared to 5.1 last year, 1.3 putbacks per game this year compared to 1.9 last year. So that's basically 7 to 5. 
uh, averaging two less of those per game. If he was average, if he brought it up to two more and and had a little bit more focus, then I think that people would be a little bit less concerned with him. But the fact is, is he's not getting below the free throw line very often this year. So much of his offense has come from the top of the key and on the wings and the free throw line extended where instead of driving into the paint, he will take a mid-range jumper. And that doesn't really solve many of these issues. Uh, With this Nuggets team, he has to be a force at the rim, creating for guys on the perimeter like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Will Barton, even Paul Millsap who's shooting really well. If Jokic was getting to the rim more frequently, then I think that starting lineup would be even better. Right now, they're elite defensively, but they still have some problems to go offensively. And so not all of that is on Jokic, to be clear, but some of it is. Some of it is stuff that he can control. The defense remains good most of the time, but that's kind of out of necessity, I I think. Michael Malone is, is very passionate about defense, and Nikola Jokic has understood that and fully adopted that as his mentality. I, I have a theory that Jokic is going to be a, a lot more defensive-minded this year in terms of the effort that he's putting in because that's what Michael Malone wants to do and because that's that's where Jokic can then conserve his energy a little bit on the offensive end. As long as he's putting in defensive energy and effort, Michael Malone cannot complain, and the Nuggets have been the number one defense in the league so far. And that has really helped, I think, instill a lot of confidence from Malone that this team listens on defense. And even though they're losing some of these easy games against easy teams like Sacramento and New Orleans and uh, Atlanta, like those are not great losses. But if Denver continues to get up for on the defensive end, then I think Malone can take that with a grain of salt. Jokic continues to see that and he isn't going to put in as much effort on the offensive end as a result. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Nuggets aren't going to be a good offensive team unless they take a step back on defense. It's too hard to play hard on both sides of the ball. And I think Jokic is seeing that a lot initially as well, that it takes so much energy to captain a really good defense and it's taken a lot of Jokic's mindset as well that when you have to play hard for 24 seconds of possession and you have you you do that so consistently and you have so much responsibility it's hard to then turn around and be a focal point on the offensive end so we're going to have to look forward to that and see how he continues to develop this because this is an ongoing thing but it's also December now, and I talked about November before and how that's a really tough month. I'm going to explain why on the other side of this break. When we come back, we're going to talk about November Jokic and how it's very real. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. I talked about on This Week in Nuggets this week. It's an article that I I write on Mondays for Denver Stiffs. Make sure to check it out if you haven't seen it. Some good betting information, some good information on each individual game, the injury report of the week, and then my own little spotlight section, spotlight section on something that I think should be talked about. In that section this week, I talked about Nikola Jokic and more specifically November Jokic. He is a different player throughout his career in the month of November and a far worse player than in any month of the season. Let's take it year by year and and I'll explain. In his rookie year, he was in between a rookie and a starter. He had his worst plus minus of of, of any month of that year during that month. Uh, Per game numbers were pretty down. Eventually, things started turning around towards the end of the year. 2016 2017, his second year, he came off the bench behind Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he was the better, more gracious player. He came off the bench. That was his choice. He decided to do that during November, during November and December 15th is a very familiar date for Nuggets fans uh, going back to the 2016 2017 season. That's when he took over that year, and then the Nuggets became a different entity. They became Nikola Jokic's team. In 2017-2018, he struggled to get adjusted to being the number one option that year. Paul Millsap was in town, first year uh, first year of those guys playing together. Jamal Murray, his first year starting. Uh, Gary Harris was back there. Wilson Chandler was the starting small forward. So it really was up to Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap to figure that out. Just as they started figuring it out, Paul Millsap tore a, ri- a wrist ligament. And he was out for three months after that. So really tough, really tough situation to be in. And it was a tough situation for Jokic to come back to. Uh, but that was that was just the fact of life. 2018, 2019, last year, he went through a passive phase. He also dealt with the aftermath of a fine on kind of an unwitting comment he made in a post-game report. Uh, he had a lot of stretches where he, like this year, had single-digit games in terms of points, was kind of floaty, uh, kind of just floated around the edge of the perimeter on offense, wasn't super involved, wanted other guys to get involved and carry him a little bit. And then this year. This year has been really interesting for a variety of reasons, and I think there are a variety of reasons why... November Jokic is again kind of justified. He is coming off of a deep playoff run last year and FIBA play this summer. Let's let let me pull this number up for you guys real quick. I think it's a very interesting playoff statistic. Um, this past year, Jokic played the 13th most playoff minutes of any player. Uh, among those guys that played above him were the some of the, the Toronto starters, the Golden State starters, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. All of those guys took the summer off except for Marc Gasol. And Marc Gasol led Spain to a championship, to a FIBA Cup. 
He had a great summer. He won a he won an NBA ring. He won the FIBA Cup, and then this year, he is now averaging six points per game, six point five rebounds per game, and three point five assists per game on thirty two percent from the field. He has not been the same player either. Uh, both he and Jokic have struggled to come back this year and be the same consistent force that they have been in years past. And to be fair, on both of those teams, they haven't had to be. For the Raptors, Pascal Siakam has been a dominant force. For the Nuggets, they've really done points by committee. Jamal Murray's taken a larger role, but the other guys that have stepped up and Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap have all contributed to the number one defense in the NBA. That has helped Denver not have to score as many points, of course. Um, I didn't give much credence to the narrative that Jokic would be tired after his FIBA play, but it's very possible that the, the extra workload has been too heavy of a burden for him. In, he went all the way to China. He spent some time in Serbia practicing before, and he had some exhibition games that didn't even count that he still participated in. He was very involved in those events, and those events basically wrapped up for him uh, like September 10th-ish, and then media day that year was like September, or it was like September 30th. So he basically had three weeks of rest, three weeks of recovery. That's not a lot. That's not a lot of time between getting back into training camp and, and between just having a summer. He didn't have any time like because he finished in late May, he he got to take some time off then. But of course, he was then again training with the Serbian national team for probably a month uh, before the FIBA Cup. So he's been involved. He's been very very involved in what he's done, and it's it's just he's the most utilized player on the Nuggets by far. And so the hope would be that Jamal Murray and, and some of the other guys would take some of that pressure off of him this year, and they've done that. But it's also kind of shifted how Nikola Jokic has played and how he, he doesn't necessarily take over as much anymore as he used to. Uh, that's, that's, going to be, that's going to be a big talking point because Murray's taking a larger role in the offense. Will Barton is back in, and he needs to be integrated into the lineup. He's been great. Can't take anything away from what Will Barton has done so far. Paul Millsap has been great. All of those guys deserve touches. And the fact that the starters aren't staggered at all, they kind of play as a main unit, a primary unit. The Nuggets are the, they have the most utilized five-man unit in the entire NBA. Jokic never spends a lot of time with the bench lineups. He's always sharing the court with guys who also need touches. So it's kind of natural that his shot attempts have gone down. I don't want to make a bunch of excuses for him, but these are the reasons that I see why he's a little bit passive. He's tired, one. He's in a lineup that doesn't need him as much to be great, two. And it's also November Jokic. It's also just a time of the month or a time of the, the NBA calendar for him that he hasn't focused on as frequently as he has other months. This is a consistent recurring thing with him. And it wouldn't surprise me if he immediately turned things around in the month of December and said, hey, remember me? I'm pretty good. I'm an all-star. I'm an all-NBA player, the best center in the NBA. Come at me. And 
it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if he put up a 25 point triple double against the Lakers tonight in the new black uniforms with the crowd hyped with the team in need of him to carry them to a win he will come through he's coming in big moments before against the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers when he has needed to show up he has showed up he shouldn't have to show up for the Atlanta Hawks that was Denver's defense really failing him he shouldn't have to show up for the Sacramento Kings four ga- four days after the previous game two days in between Thanksgiving uh, a game before the Los Angeles Lakers there were a lot of other problems in that game beyond Nikola Jokic, including the bench giving up basically half of the lead in the first segment of that game. It's it's probably time for Nikola Jokic to come out of his shell, though, because this team is coming up on a, on a really tough stretch of schedule here where they play 16 games in the month of November, a variety of back-to-backs, tough games like they are against the Lakers. Uh, They'll play the Celtics again. They'll play the 76ers again. They're going to play a Portland Trailblazers team with Carmelo Anthony, and that's going to be an interesting vibe. There are a lot of tough games on this schedule that are winnable, but only if Nikola Jokic is consistently at his best. I think he will get there. I have faith that he will get there. And I think I have a pretty good pulse on him. I think I know where his mentality is at right now and what he's thinking that he needs to do in order for this Nuggets team to be at their best when championship time comes around, when the playoffs roll around, when Jokic has to put up 35, 15, and 10 on a pretty consistent basis. That's a big deal. He has to have the energy to be able to do that. And I think he will. When we come back... We're going to preview this Los Angeles Lakers game because there are a lot of talking points there, and this is going to be a really big barometer for where Denver's defense is and where whether their offense can kind of get out of this rut. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. back nuggets numbers ryan blackburn here we're going solo going to preview this los angeles lakers game now after talking about nikola Jokic for probably too long but it is what it is those were words that needed to be said lebron james and anthony davis that will be the biggest test of the season for the nuggets and for will barton and paul Millsap specifically uh will barton has been a really really good defender to start the year There were a couple of times at the beginning where he was flitting in and out of focus a bit. Ever since that point, I have not had a single criticism 
for what he has brought to the table on the defensive end. He gives up a little bit of size, but he makes up for it in physicality, in his activity level, in his belief in himself that he can generate these stops and prove some of the doubters wrong. I was one of those doubters. I did not think that the Nuggets would be an elite defensive team this year, and he was one of the main reasons for that. He has proven me wrong. He has been wonderful, and yet LeBron James is LeBron James. He's putting up MVP caliber numbers right now as the Lakers' de facto point guard. He has a pretty good pick-and-roll partner in JaVale McGee and or Dwight Howard, and a pretty decent outlet in Anthony Davis when he doesn't want to uh, when he doesn't want to do too much of the work. He can just give the ball to Anthony Davis, somebody who's who happens to be pretty good, and let him work. They have a really, really good offense paired with a an elite defense. The formula is working. Two defensive guards next to LeBron two off-ball guards who can do most of the work on on spot-ups and cuts, don't have to be creators. LeBron is creating. uh, Anthony Davis is creating. The center is rolling to the rim and, and rebounding misses and whatnot. And then that defense is really good. They have Anthony Davis kind of take, he has the pressure taken off of him. JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis, or excuse me, Dwight Howard, continue to put up really solid numbers. The lineup with uh, with Dwight Howard at center next to Davis is also really working well. Uh, the Davis lineups at center uh, are good. They're not great, but that is probably their biggest counter for what Denver is about to do on offense. Uh, they're going to want Anthony Davis defending Jokic, I believe, down the stretch, which means that the center will be off the floor. I assume Kyle Kuzma and LeBron will be at the forwards, and then Cantavius Caldwell-Pope and Avery Bradley probably at the guard positions. Uh, Denver's likely going to have to deal with LeBron or Anthony Davis on the court for the entire 48 minutes, which really puts a lot of pressure on two guys, Millsap and Grant. Uh, Millsap will probably be defending both of those guys at, at various periods. If the Lakers decide to go small, then I believe that Paul Millsap will match up with LeBron and Jokic will match up with Davis. It, it wouldn't make sense for Will Barton to stay cross-matched on one of those guys. He would likely kick out to Kyle Kuzma or whoever comes in off the bench. Um and then Jeremy Grant will probably face both of those guys uh, for various times. And he may even be called into duty to close the game at small forward if he continues to play well. He is probably Denver's best matchup against LeBron James, given his his wingspan, given his athleticism, given his general reach and motor, uh, and his ability to hit up hit spot-up shots right now. Who He's doing pretty well. He's doing much better than he was at the beginning of the year. Let me check those numbers real quick because I think that they are very important. Yeah, he's up to 31% from three, which if you saw where he was at at the beginning of the year, much better. Um, He may spend some time at the three. It wouldn't surprise me if to counter LA's big lineup, the Nuggets went big themselves. 
Torrey Craig could also be in the rotation. I think he actually will be in the rotation on the second unit. I bet he takes over for Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, if LeBron ever rotates onto the bench minutes, Torrey Craig will definitely take over for that, and he will definitely guard LeBron James. Uh, no other reason to have Torrey Craig in the game other than to guard LeBron. Uh, this is a game where Denver is going to need to create as much offense as they can with their guards, and I, I just don't see Craig as, as that guy. So if I had to predict a rotation for what Denver will use, I would guess Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic would start, and then Jeremy Grant would come in at his normal time, Mason Plumlee would come in at his normal time, and then Torrey Craig would take over for Will Barton relatively soon if LeBron James is going to stay on the floor for the entire first quarter, which I believe he has done. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, of course. Um, but yeah, I think the tipping points of this game will be whether Denver can hold both LeBron and Davis under 30 points or and or they let another role player kill them defensively. KCP or Danny Green or Kyle Kuzma or Alex, the face of Bleacher Report Caruso, if any of those guys go for 20 points, that would hurt Denver greatly. Uh, it's tough enough to hold Davis and LeBron to under 30. Uh, those guys are very, very good, and Denver doesn't have a great matchup for either of them. Um, if another guy goes off, then it makes their jobs that much easier. So keep that in mind if Denver is loading up too heavily on LeBron and AD. If they're letting other guys go off, that's a problem. Offensively, Nikola Jokic has to bring it. He has to hit his open jumpers. He has to bring JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard out of the paint that way. And he has to mix in some post shots and some interior touches to draw in those other guys because Denver's not going to be able to create a lot of elite offense in the half court unless Jokic is drawing the attention of everybody else. If he cannot take JaVale McGee one-on-one, if he cannot take Dwight Howard one-on-one, there are going to be some issues, I think. I think that uh, Millsap trying to go against Anthony Davis will be a real problem. Uh, Will Barton trying to go against LeBron James is going to be a problem. And then unless Jamal Murray goes off with 30 points against Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, Avery Bradley, or both, then I think that it's going to, it could be a really, really tough night offensively for Denver. I don't think that they match up very well with this Lakers team offensively at all. It really comes down to Jokic being better. I think he will be. I think that, uh, as I said in my first segment, or, or second segment, whatever, I think that Jokic is going to be pretty good. I think that he brings it tomorrow. Uh, for me, it's tomorrow, but Tuesday night, I think he's going to do a lot of great things. 25-point triple-double is what I would pick. Uh, and if he does that, then Nuggets fans will probably clamor for more of it every single game. But the fact is, Jokic does what he needs to to help the team win on a normal night. And if he can put up those numbers, then it's, it's still going to take some other guys helping him out, I think, to beat this Lakers team. They're going to need to get out in transition. They're going to need to force turnovers off for this Lakers team. This Lakers team can generate or can give up the ball a lot. They're pretty average in it right now. But from what I from what I see, from what I understand, 
LeBron can get a little bit dicey with the ball at times if he's trying to handle it too much and trying to thread the pass a little bit too much. If he is bothered, then that could really help Denver. Uh, Anthony Davis, if he continues to isolate a lot, Paul Millsap is probably Denver's best guy to stop him out there. Uh, If he continues to generate some turnovers, that would be great. That would help out Denver immensely. I still think Denver's going to lose this game. I thought that they would win probably, I'd say a week ago, I thought that they would win this. But it's going to be interesting, and I I could be very, very wrong about that. If they were to win this game, uh, especially a game where LeBron and AD were fighting for that victory, it would tell a lot of people that the Nuggets need to be on their map, that this 13-4 and team, even though they have had some struggle losses, even though that they their superstar isn't always engaged as he probably should be, but doesn't necessarily need to be, this is a team that people should focus on. Uh, get a little bit more street cred, get a little bit more credit for what they have accomplished thus far, and a little bit of a belief in what they can do. If they can hold the Lakers to a really low score, like let's say under 100 points, that's a pretty strong indicator that they could be for real defensively. Uh, I th- I know that they're for real like against most teams, but if they were to hold the Lakers under 100, that would say a lot to me. I don't think it will happen, but we're going to have to see. This is going to be a really interesting game. I'll make sure to cover it as much as you guys will will let me. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this goes. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Really appreciate you guys sticking with me until this point. Keep it tuned to Denver Stiffs for the podcast channel and for any stats, analysis, game recaps, previews that you are looking for. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, all. We'll see you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.